So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world do the same with my one-on-one private coaching program. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to getting alcohol out of your way that breaks all the rules, life-enhancing tools that make not drinking exciting and joyful, and the profound and sacred journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. This show is not a substitution for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a medical professional if your alcohol consumption is at risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Well, hello, my beautiful listeners. It's Mary Wagstaff. Welcome back to another episode of Stop Drinking and Start Living. I hope you're here because you're inspired and you've been maybe just examining your relationship to alcohol in a new way. And if you are here for the first time, welcome. It is a wonderful opportunity not only to just examine your relationship to alcohol, but really look at life from a new perspective of what's changed as you continue to grow and evolve. I think that there is this misinterpretation or misunderstanding that, you know, we reach a certain point in life, we get to have a career, family, and then we just stop changing, right? And that's what creates so much dissatisfaction and friction in our minds is because the spirit doesn't stop growing and evolving, but there is a conflict with what has been introduced to us and, you know, not to the fault of really anyone, but via culture, right? So culture is not nature. Culture is a creation of a narrative of a story and that kind of sets on top of nature. So when 
the human wants to express itself as an individual and naturally. And then there's this culture that has kind of these boxed off parameters or ways of being that is quote unquote normal. And we are conditioned to identify in these ways. It becomes very limiting for the spirit to shine. And then there becomes this mental conflict and this confusion really of, you know, a way that you you feel like you want to be, but you don't quite have the words for it because we've been so deeply conditioned by the cultural narrative, alcohol being one of those. So the invitation in this growing evolution of the human um, is that we get to take a step back and ask, who's writing the narrative for your story? Because there's a suggestion out there, but there's no one forcing you to do anything any one way. So when we think that drinking is normal, um, that is just the, the story of the narrative. But most people identify with being a little strange or weird or, you know, a geek or some, some way of not relating, but of course, because we're all individuals. So if the human, if we all believe that we don't fit in, in some way, right, because we're unique and different, and we know that every single individual is different, no one's the same, then if the human all believes that and that's nature, then who's saying what's normal, right? So that there might be an average way of acting that as an adult, we drink alcohol, but I wouldn't say that that's normal. I would say that that's been part of the story of the cultural narrative um, and because alcohol has changed over the years. I mean, it hasn't been the as prolific as it is now. So my um, purpose and my invitation is that not drinking is also just as normal, right? Not drinking, if that's what you desire, is normal. And what I wanted to talk about today is a new type of friendliness towards life. And that the only reason that there's really a conflict is the way in which you are identifying with alcohol that is now inhibiting that which you want to create. And that's why there's a conflict. Because if you have nothing else that you really want to create, then you probably don't really have the desire to say no. I mean, I know plenty of people that are regular drinkers that are definitely addicted and habitual to alcohol that don't see it as a problem. They're completely fine um, functioning, you know, in whatever, and even if there's detriment to their health or anything like that, they've just accepted, accepted that. But you're here because there is a part of you, a higher voice, the spirit that is coming through you that is wanting to create something else. And so there is this opportunity to just take a pause, to be kind of in this liminal space of, wow, maybe the way in which I identify with alcohol isn't really who I am anymore. And the best part about being human is that we get to change our minds, but you have to give yourself permission to do that. You have to give yourself permission to just be like, yeah, I'm just exploring this and it's not a big deal. You get to make it mean what you want it to mean in life. Um, so when we 
choose to create something, the reason that there's resistance to it is because we're used to doing something in old ways. So when you want to create something, you have to create new thoughts and new emotions, and there's some discomfort and resistance. And it's usually because of the way you were identifying with some version of yourself. But as you age and as you grow older, there becomes a new expression of the way that you want to live your life, right? You're not as interested in the dramas and the judgments of life anymore. You're more willing to just see and accept people for who they are. And that really has to be the invitation if you would like to be seen and accepted as the way that you are. Because you can put up a righteousness and you know, kind of um, an ego around quitting drinking, like I'm better than you, right? And looking at it in that way. And trust me, this is a practice. I mean, I definitely will see resistance (laughs) to this sometimes, like you're still doing that, right? But I have to check myself and, and, and it's not in every area, but I definitely do see myself judging alcohol, um, only just because of the way that it's it's so unattractive to me now. But I really had to move through so much of the way in which I was identifying with alcohol. So there's this way of, if you think about, say, like an old relationship or, you know, you hung on to a relationship for a while, just wanting it to be something, wanting him or her to to just, oh, if they could only just do this thing, right? Then it would all be perfect. Um, And that's kind of the same way with alcohol, right? There wasn't a question at some point in your life, but now you're wanting to create something new in your life. You're wanting to step into your power. You're wanting to be more present, be more healthy, be have the opportunity to really be in your the full potential of life just to feel good. You're just tired, right? Tired of the same old, like alcohol is boring, right? We think, you know, one of the thoughts sometimes is like, when I'm not drinking, I'm bored, but really alcohol is the same thing over and over again. So you get this glimmer of awareness of just, you know, there's part of me that just doesn't want to do this anymore, but I keep reaching for it because I want it to hold some answers. I want it to have what it no longer does, right? So there is a deep acceptance that you have to see that when you keep going back and wanting alcohol to be something that it's not, you will create that feeling of lack and disappointment over and over and over again. And the other thing that happens is when you're kind of living in this this framework of attachment, you're living in the lower centers, energetic centers of the body. So um, in some traditions, they call this chakras, but it's the root and creation and sexuality and willpower where you are really living more in survival mode. And not to say that there's not really deep inherent power in there from a deep, d- different perspective, but when you're living in survival mode and kind of fight or flight, you really 
dampen down. And this is, and this is actually like physiological too. You dampen down your access to higher states of thinking. So when you think about giving up alcohol, although there is part of you that's kind of, you know, moving into different areas of life in your relationships, really just not wanting to be in like those melodramas anymore. You realize that that's just not fulfilling. Um, you're, you're starting to see life in, in just an easier way. Right. And, and so alcohol is the one way in which you're kind of identifying in this old pattern that's still getting in the way of creating the life that you really want to create. And that doesn't even mean changing your circumstances necessarily, but it's shifting your perspective. So when we live in that fight or flight mode and survival mode, it's really hard to hear the voice of intuition and to tap into the emotions associated with the heart. So emotions such as creativity, nurturing, abundance, love, sensuality, wisdom. So if you think about alcohol, does your experience with alcohol or your beliefs about alcohol of its importance in your life, do any of them create the emotions of feeling creative, nurturing, abundant, love, sensuality, or wisdom. Now there might be some illusion, right? Like when you start drinking that you have this feeling of kind of elation or letting go. But of course, if you need a substance to feel that way, the beliefs about alcohol themselves, the actual thoughts don't actually create those feelings on their own. It's only once the chemical is introduced. But if you were to examine your thoughts about life, when you're feeling really inspired and you're feeling really good, even like the day after when you're like, I, you know, you say you take a break from drinking and you wake up the next morning and you're just so proud of yourself and you're so excited. I remember these feelings of just so much relief, like, oh my gosh, thank God I did not drink last night. And you're like, yay. And then five o'clock comes and you're like, hmm, should I have a drink? So this is where I really want you to tap into who, what identity do you want, do you want to relate to? The identity of the person that, that still thinks a drink is necessary and really asking yourself, what will it change? What will it offer me? But what is it that I want to create? What is the life that I want to create? Less judgment, less drama, more love, more abund- feelings of abundance, gratitude. And is drinking going to get me there? Does the actual el- act of alcohol get me there? Do my beliefs about alcohol get me there? And this is a practice. I just want you to remember that. You've practiced the pathway to alcohol being important 
so many times since before your brain was probably fully developed. So I want you to remember that it takes time and to give yourself grace, to give yourself permission for it to be a little awkward and a little uncomfortable, but to make a statement, a declaration to yourself. What is the ultimate goal that you want with alcohol? For me, I wanted to no longer want it. I wanted to no longer desire alcohol. And now there was some fear wrapped up in that. You know, do I really want that? But when when I was in my highest states of thinking, when I was clear after, you know, a workout or a hike or some way of relating to life from a real abundant perspective, that's when I want you to really tap into the decision making when you're connecting with your higher states of consciousness, your higher states of thinking, not when it's five o'clock and you had a super stressful day and now you're in this survival mode, you're in fight or flight. The the actual cognitive connections are taking over, right? Because what happens there is it overrides your actual ability to step into prefrontal thinking. You literally can't access those thoughts when you are in fight or flight mode, right? Which is even what happens um, when just the, the habitual nature of the cognition, the cue to drink kicks in. So when you have that trigger, that five o'clock trigger or whatever it is for you, when that kicks in, you lose access to higher states of thinking. And what can get you there? A bridge. And this is a bridge that people have been working with for thousands of years is the breath is taking some deep cathartic breaths because in a real physiological way, this is science, this has been tested, the breath, what it does is it takes the cerebral spinal fluid that lays dormant in the base of the spine and it lifts it up so that you are starting to gain movement and momentum through the spine and you're lifting the energy up to the brain. So the breath literally rocks the pelvis and the occiput, which is at the base of the skull. So when you start breathing consciously and you have big full inhalations and then big cathartic exhalations, this is why it's soothing for babies, for their, to, for um, a mama to hold the baby and breathe. First of all, they can feel the heartbeat and the warmth, but there's a rocking. That's why the rocking, because it soothes the nervous system. So we gain access to the parasympathetic nervous system that now taps in that rest, digest process. So we go from fight and fight or flight to rest, digest. So I just want you to know that you have the tool that is literally available to you at any time in a real biological way. You can also stand up and just do a little shaking. I like to call it like a spaghetti dance where you just move into the joints, right? So you create more cerebral fluid and actual um, synovial fluid in the joints too, which releases tension. It releases the um, that stored up heat in the body. So taking three conscious deep breaths, An inhale, cathartic exhale through the mouth, moving all of the joints of the body. Now 
you have access to higher states of consciousness. So I really want you to see if you can practice this on purpose and then decide what identity is talking here, right? Is it the identity of fear and lack and change, right? Or is it the identity of my higher self, of that which I want to create? So you can even make a list of what's the identity that is so terrified of getting rid of alcohol. And do I want to make decisions from a place of fear and lack, right? Because that usually indicates that I'm, I'm making decisions from survival, from the ego, or do I want to make decisions from when I'm in that, that place of creativity, of stepping into my power, of sovereignty, of control of my own life, of being the authority in my own life. If you need any help with this at all, I would love the opportunity to talk to you to kind of see where do you get stuck the most? Where do you need a little bit of help bridging those two identities, right? Because it doesn't happen overnight. So remembering there's a practice, but knowing every single thing you do in life is a choice. It might seem like life has just unraveled to, to you and for you, but we get to reevaluate the identity we want to step into, what no longer serves us. What beliefs aren't even ours that were just taught to us and handed down and then we just took them for face value, right? So see if you can integrate this into your week and let me know what happens. I would love to talk to you if you really want to see what the next level is, not just for getting alcohol out of your way, but choosing what you want to create and then really Thought by thought, belief by belief, getting rid of the identity that's in the way of that that is available to you. I think you're amazing. I know that you are one of the strongest, powerful creators on this planet because you literally have created everything around you. Remember that your access to that creative power lives in the higher centers of the brain. So we have to practice that kind of thinking on purpose when you're in that mode, when you're feeling that way, and then bring yourself back to that thought again and again and again. It is a practice. It doesn't happen overnight, but it is so worth it. I hope you have a wonderful week. Reach out if you need anything, and I would love a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts when you get a chance. Thank you so much and thanks for being here. Have a great one. If a life of deeper self-mastery and feminine embodiment is calling you, but alcohol is the one constant in your way, I want to invite you to check out my one-on-one coaching program. It's your opportunity to apply the tools and principles from the show to your life one step at a time. Together, we create the safe and sacred container to explore the habit of alcohol, the power of choice, and awaken your inner light. Schedule a complimentary alignment session where I will help you uncover the next best step for you on your journey of discovering what's possible on the other side of alcohol. Follow the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com. I can't wait to connect.